You ready? We're ready. Let's do it. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Emotionally Online, baby. And this week I am joined by two of my all-time besties, Ashley and Mika. (laughs) Besties, plural. First guests on the pod. So you know it's a big deal. We've, I feel like in recent times we've kind of become an unstoppable trio it's so true do you agree no i'm like glad that you said something because it was just objectively the truth i feel like we've just grown into this someone had to say something it's so true yeah yeah so ashley and i met many a year ago in the first grade when we were just we children and then you two met in 2018 or became besties in 2018 we met in 2016 if you believe it and just like randomly, we're not besties. It was honestly, it was, it's so bizarre. It doesn't make any sense to us <laughs> at all. So they went to college together. Yeah, yeah, we did go to college together. We were both tour guides. Classic. If you can tell by the energy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's classic TG. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. And uh, we actually had like so many mutual friends because obviously we like work together at the same school. Yeah. And then you moved in with one of our mutual best friends, and then. Like instant best friends. Like yeah. I was just there at your house all the time. And then I immediately invited Mika to come on a girls trip. And I said with yes. With me and Maddie. This girls trip was the most random trip of all time. It really was. It was like 10, 10 or so girls. Literally. And most of us only knew like one or two other yeah. people on the trip. <laughs> like, it was yeah. like everyone invited a friend and that friend invited a friend. And so we ended up on a trip with like 10 people. So we were three of the attendees. And that is when I met Mika for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. What's your first memory of Mika? That is such a good question. Honestly, I feel like my first memories of Mika are sitting at the poolside bar with you, like heckling the bartenders. (laughs) (laughs) And there was that one guy, we were sitting in the hot tub and he came and he, there's a random fucking guy. He was like old too. Like he was like probably like, I don't know, like late twenties, early thirties. He was there by himself with his parents. Possibly older. I was like questionable. We were all in the hot tub and he just like came in and joined us. <laughs> Mind you, this hot tub is straight up like the diameter of this hot tub is maybe like four feet. <laughs> it was like so we had to talk to him. There was no way we couldn't. So, so close. We were talking to him, like goofing around, and then a little while later we were like you know up at the bar and he was also sitting at the bar next to us and we were supposed to go to city walk that night and we're like fucked up at this bar (laughs) and there's videos of us like heckling the bartenders and you hear this guy in the background like i don't think you're gonna make it to city walk (laughs) honestly honestly bestie i almost did it (laughs) yeah it's true true. i almost did i honestly like almost fully blacked out I mean, it what, it was like winter vacation. Like yeah, we had yeah, no plans yeah. other than to just like drink and hang out. Totally. Right. So we totally. started drinking in the morning. Yeah. The yeah. drinks were it, strong. Honestly, it was such a good vacation because we had no plans besides to sit at that hotel pool. <laughs> like that was the vacation. Was we were for a week going to sit yeah, at this hotel so pool. Good. And there was nobody at that resort. It was just no. us and the bartenders. It was just like January in Orlando. It also, I think yeah. the, I think the, 
the hotel cost us each like 250 300 bucks. it was the cheapest like, fucking vacation of all so time ever inexpensive relatively and yeah, then like, if, if you bought the fancy cups the bartenders yeah. gave you a discount on all the drinks <laughs> all the refills. so we got like the fancy resort cups and we're like give me a miami vice <laughs> that's what got me honestly i was like yeah yeah just give me another and these cups are huge they're like they've got to be what like 20 something ounces maybe 30 ounces so that was how the trio was born and ash and i were talking about this a couple weeks ago but i think i had said something where i was like i think that the our friendship between the three of us i think (laughs) makes so much sense because we each add something different but we overlap with each other in similar ways Perfect. so we were talking about like the venn diagram of each of us and how like ashley and i are similar but in a different way me and mika are similar and they're similar for different reasons and so i wanted to go over what this venn diagram actually looks like yeah let's do it yes first and foremost hopkinton you two yes true Grew up in the same town. Yep. Same knowledge of people and things. And then New York City for you and me. Absolutely. Absolutely. The Venn diagram is starting. We're being built. Circles are being drawn. (laughs) I'm visualizing. Me and Mika. Yep. 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 Western Mass, baby. Yep. 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 And then I think like energy wise, there's a Venn diagram there to be made as well. Make it. Paint the picture for What us. did I say last time? Because I feel like I nailed Mika it the first both time. have, like, performer energy. Yes. I Definitely. said that Mika and I are both, like, natural entertainers. Yeah. And you can tell with both of us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, we live for the spotlight. And But I think you two are way more extroverted than I for am. Sure, yeah. So there's, like, Mika has, like, the entertainer energy <laughs> and then, like, the super friendly extrovert, yeah. like, people's person yeah. energy which i don't have at all yeah maddie and i have the same like ambitious drive yeah. and like mm-hmm. energy like i feel like both of us have always seen very career agree, driven that you are in that category as well mm-hmm. like we all have like a vision for something like greater in our lives for sure yeah i think like throughout our entire friendship ashley and i have always really connected on like talking about our passions yeah. and like work and money and like always wanting to I don't know I just feel like having striving yeah we've always been good at like pushing each other even though we're after totally different things I feel like having a bestie that's also equally as ambitious yeah and like after something career-wise has been like a major tie-in between the two of us totally Well, and I've told you this before, but I feel like my life has, like, expanded, Mm. like, because of you. And, like, my vision for myself has expanded because I saw you at such a young age, like, pursuing something, like, extraordinary. And that was, like, super inspiring to me to see someone, like, my age in my hometown, like, seeking, like, a better, Mm -hmm. like, super incredible And see, the other thing about Ashley is that she's the nicest person that's ever been born on this planet. (laughs) Like, actually in the world. (laughs) Nicest, most supportive woman alive. Okay, middle part of the Venn diagram. Yes. We love to scream. It's so (laughs) true. That is the middle part of the Venn diagram. Look, if you're looking for a group of ladies who's for the motherfucking girls, that's us. That is us. A woman has literally never done anything wrong in the history of It's true. A woman has never broken a law. And not a lot of people know that. And not we one. should talk about it more. Honestly, we don't talk about I it I actually enough. think we should. And I kind of feel like we could do like a little segment just on the history of women. Yeah. 
And they're innocents throughout right. history. Just being yeah. wrongfully convicted. Just exactly. having never done a single thing <laughs> exactly. wrong ever. Not a one. Yeah. It's true. That no, is the middle so of the Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. I also think that we're all very uh, like thoughtful and introspective people. Facts. Which I think sure. connects us as well. Definitely. So uh, for today's sleepover energy. Yes with these two because I do really value their perspectives and just think that they are all around incredible women. So I thought that it would be fun for today's episode to basically just all of us will throw into the middle, like something we've been thinking about reflecting on and just get each other's takes Mm -hmm. on whatever that thing is can be super deep or super like just this thought crossed my mind. But I thought that it would be nice to just throw a bunch of ideas in the center center of the room and then see yeah. see what each of our takes are. Let's do it. Who should go first? I, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I I'm I'm voting Ashley to go first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think you're a good leader. Definitely. Oh, come on. Okay, so something that I have been thinking about, also thank you for holding this mic. Anytime. Um, is, so I was, I, one of my coworkers, my manager, just celebrated her like 10 year wedding anniversary with her husband. And so obviously I asked her for a piece of advice. Um, and she said to me that it was really important to be with someone who has shared values. And I thought that that was really interesting. And I was trying to reflect like, if my partner and I have shared values because values isn't like something that like really it's not a word that like super resonates with me where mm-hmm. I'm like oh like I can articulate mine and Jonah's like shared values like very clearly or like the lack thereof um, but then I was talking to my boyfriend's sister and she was saying that she absolutely thinks that we have like super shared values because she said that your lifestyle is a reflection of your values Mm -hmm. and the way that you spend your time, the way that you treat people, the way that you like engage with the world is a reflection of your values. And I think that Joan and I definitely value a lot of the same things. We value conversation. We value fun. We value eating out. We value um, just like a lot of similar things. And so I have been thinking about that and just thought that was like such an interesting, like good piece of, advice to kind of sit with and i'd love to hear your guys's thoughts hell yeah yeah i feel like thinking about values in a partner and being with someone who shares the same values to me it's like there's 50 percent of it that's like mm, more light-hearted values like yeah. eating out and like you know how you maybe your day-to-day is and then the other half to me feels political on each individual issue like which are the things that you are like they're not negotiable we have to be on the same page about this and like more serious things like that yeah i think especially like with things that come up a lot in marriage like i think money having shared money values is probably like up there um, I'm pretty sure that's like the number one reason, number yeah. one thing that people fight over. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting because I actually, even though I say it, the word values doesn't really resonate with mm-hmm. me. Like it doesn't really like bring up like a lot for like me and my relationship, I suppose, like kind of authentically. But I know my like core values like as a person and I can articulate those, which mm-hmm. are kindness, open mindedness. Um, achievement slash accomplishment, connectedness, and fun. Mm-hmm. Those are like my like top 
And and comfort's actually another one, which is yeah, why I go to bed so for early. Sure. Cause it's <laughs> actually like physically uncomfortable to stay up. Yeah. Uh, even to have fun. It's just more comfortable to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. But anyway, what do you think, Mika? <laughs> yeah. Um, to add on to Maddie's point, I feel like it's like other than political, it's also like long term values. Mm. Like I think a lot of people it's easy to be like, okay, this is where I'm at in like my life now, but like where are we gonna be in life 10, 20 years from now and like what does that look like? Because there are a lot of people who do value a nuclear family or like wanna stay or move back into their hometown and there are people who are like, I wanna live like a nomad and or I never wanna get married or I never wanna have kids and I think like you have to align on long-term values as well, like where you see yourself in the future. Not even like, I wouldn't even call it values, I would call that like vision. Yeah. There's values, which is like how you show up in your day to day, I feel. And then there's like your long term vision Mm -hmm. of like, well, what do you actually want? That's true. Like out of your life. And I feel like there has to be like alignment, like on both. Definitely. What would you say your like values are off top? And keep in mind, like I literally did a workshop on values a few Mm -hmm. years ago. So I've like actually had like a lot of time to like sit with it and think. So it might be harder to do off the top of your head, but I want to hear. Yeah. I think um, uh, kindness and open mindedness is huge. Um, I think community is really big. Mm. Um, and I say community instead of family because like I do, while I do value family, I think like my friends are included in that as well. Um, and so like, I want to just overarchingly include just like community. Um, I don't know. I think it's hard to think off the top of my head because I also don't want to like, mm-hmm. I want to be more specific and mindful about like totally. what my really are. Um, I think it's it values is like a different way to frame it because mm-hmm. exactly. I, I feel like I think a lot about like what I want in a partner for well, sure exactly. but yeah. whether or not those are values, values that are that's sort of different I can think of a few that probably yeah. are yeah. but um I mean I love travel like I love like having just generally like new experiences like I love mm. learning in every aspect and I like I I love that like Tommy, as a partner, is also, like, excited to try new things mm-hmm. and learn about new things and see new places. Yeah. Um, because I couldn't envision a life where I'm just stagnant in one place forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're kind of, like, a... I don't know if I would say risk-taking mm. is, like, a top value of yours. Yeah. But I would say that you have, like, demonstrated, like, a lot of, like, risk-taking. But that also might be, like, a recent, like, mm. goal and like things True. like and I know that it has been like something that you have been like trying to actively do more of be mindful of the mic yeah I'd say independence is like a high value of yours yeah I would agree with that um I'm an only child Thanks, <laughs> and I do love yeah like growing up as an only child I had so much independence and like so much like just like me time and not in like a spoiled way I think like only children get a bad rap (laughs) not all only children (laughs) okay I swear um (laughs) but yeah like there was a lot of times where like you know I I had to be the one to make a decision or like you know as I got older my parents like let me do things on my own or, you know, like stay at home alone. And I experience independence in a different way. Also growing up in New York city, Mm. that's a different level of independence as well. Like when I started going to school on my own in like middle school and like hanging out with friends after school and stuff, like I would just be taking the bus and the train everywhere on my own. It was different than having to like 
ask my parents to drive me somewhere or like, you know, eventually get a license, which I still don't have. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> working on it. Yeah, we're working on it. But yeah, that was really cool. I think like having that independence. So being able to like not have, like not having to rely on other people is really yeah. great. Although it's nice to be able to as well. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I feel like when I think of values, the, I can only think of fucking two right what? now. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like, and this is because you and I have talked about this recently, so I yeah. feel like it's at the top of my brain, but I feel like I've learned that I really value drive and ambition in a partner, yeah. like mm-hmm. a lot, to the point where I find it like, I don't think I could be in a relationship with someone who yeah. didn't also like have ambition and drive mm-hmm. at sort of yeah. the top of their list of values for themselves. For sure. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that comes to mind, and this is just because it's one of those things that if they say this on a date, my heart sinks. Cause I'm like, oh. it's not going to work. It's like the second they say it, I just know. Mm. And it's when they say they want to leave New York mm. when they're like, Oh, I don't want to mm. live in New York forever. I'm thinking, you know, yeah. maybe I'll be here for another five years. And I'm always like, yeah, I know I don't want to leave. Yeah. That's so interesting. So when people are indifferent about it or they're like, yeah, I might leave New York. I'm like, I have, I I have not thought I might leave New York. I have thought I'm here. So when other people are like, yeah, I'll probably leave. I'm like, we're on different pages. (laughs) You want something else. So true. I have additional values that I'd add to you. Creative expression. Mm. That's a big one. And then also peace. And I think you get a lot of peace from like solitude. Totally. Um, But I would say like, the at the root of it is like peace mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah because you can like guarantee peace when you're alone a hundred percent yeah i definitely think i think about the political values a lot as well and maybe that's just because i'm on dating apps and so it's like hard to tell yeah. Yeah. some of these people like <laughs> would we do we run in similar circles like do we have shared political values mm-hmm. or are you a wild card because <laughs> I I I would yeah. not be able to be no. with someone who didn't share the same political no. values as me I yeah I think there's very little wiggle room for political values yeah. like we can disagree in like minor ways totally. but to- not yeah. major ways 100% yeah in like we can disagree on like the way to get there for we sure. We disagree on, like, where there is. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm ultimately, like, not going to sit here debating about, like, civil rights with you. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> no, like, I just, I won't do yeah. it. Yeah. And I feel like that's, that was something that I thought about, like, the second I started dating. I was always in the back of my head, like, I need to figure out for, like, the safety of my friends and, like, my brother. Because yeah. I can't mm-hmm. bring someone I'm dating around people I love without knowing like are you a safe person to introduce to them not even just saying like physical safety but like emotional safety like I would never want to subject anyone that I love to someone who is not going to love them wholeheartedly so like that feels like a huge thing too like you have to it's not only that you have to love and accept me but you have to love and accept the people that I love too and if you don't I will never bring you around them and I I don't want to be around you myself either because I think you're a fucking loser for sure. I think like another 
value like want um is like just general happiness like mm. i think i'm a pretty happy person i'm a very like positive side of things like silver lining is kind of person um but like i've i think like overarchingly in my life i've always just like wished for happiness like i've yeah. like at the end of the day as long as i'm happy like it doesn't really matter yeah like what is happening um and like having a partner who shares that same like like, you, like seek positivity. It out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You like seek out your happiness. For and, sure. Like, prioritize yeah. your happiness. For sure. I don't think I could be with someone who's like a negative Nancy all the time. Yeah. You know, who's just kind of like bringing yeah. negativity to the table all the time. Like that would be so draining to me. Yeah. To like cons- constantly have to like counter that and like find happiness in, in those yeah. those ways. So yeah, that's another one, I think. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's positivity is is really the value mm-hmm. rather than happiness. But yeah. Yeah. No, I I get that. That would annoy me too. Um, as I'm sitting here thinking, I also feel like another value of mine would be. I don't know how to phrase this, but I I would want to be with someone. Or, I don't know. I think about like family values and like how. Yeah. I grew up being like a very family oriented person and I have very close relationships with my siblings and my parents and I would want the person that I am with not necessarily to feel the same way about their family but towards whatever family we whatever our family looks like I would want them to treat my siblings like you know part of their family and to sort of like put in a serious amount of effort to build and maintain those relationships. Yeah, totally. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely agreed. I like, uh, my ex-boyfriend was like overarchingly like, well, overarchingly horrible, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) ex for a reason, (laughs) extraordinarily (laughs) awful across the board in all facets of our relationship. Mm -hmm. But also one of them that like, truthfully like to this day like really pains me and like i i had i the the knowledge or or you know the the tools to deal with it at the time i would have dealt with it differently but he was just like awful to my friends mm-hmm. and like i i hate that i hate that i let that happen mm-hmm. um and yeah like to be honest if you can't get with my friends then like that's yeah. it it's yeah. over you know 100 like and you know it's an effort thing like you might not like vibe with every yeah, single one yeah. of my friends like, right that's fine but like it's about like actually caring and putting in the effort totally um yeah if you want to be my lover gotta go with my friends it's yeah. so true it's true one of my so favorite true. things about jonah though is for sure that he like truly is like so attentive so present so engaged with like every single person in my life yeah. like mm-hmm. i feel like so confident bringing him to meet anyone yeah because i'm like you're gonna love him totally he's a a fucking great and that's like such a good feeling too of like you know not having to worry about like introducing your partner to people or like have to be the one making sure that relationships are formed like just knowing that they are going he can hold his own in any circumstance like i never have Mm -hmm. to like babysit for sure i'm like he can he's yeah yeah more than okay totally yeah, that's super important to me. That's definitely, like, a high value for me. Like, can you get along with my friends and family? Because mm-hmm. my friends yeah. are, like, everything to me. For sure. So if you can't yeah. fit in to yeah. my yeah. life, 
Like totally. That's not gonna work. All right, great work. Another topic. <laughs> Woo! All right, so I think I don't know. I feel like I have a lot to sit with now. Like I have yeah. s- some thinking to do on values. I'm gonna be thinking about this. So we'll have to revisit this conversation in a few months when we're in Croatia. Yeah. Well, I want to. <laughs> I want to keep exploring too. Yeah. Like what my like shared values are. Like, within a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, I still feel, like, uncertain. Yeah. Like. Well, I think, like, they've yeah. also, like, shifted over time. Like, what True. I yeah. what I valued in, like, a partner or just, like, generally at, like, 18, 19 is different than yeah. what I value and want now. Yeah. Um, so, like, allowing, I guess, like, room for, for growth. Yeah. Is important. Or you know what? I just thought of another one as we're sitting here. And I'm going to say this because I brought this up with my therapist a few weeks ago when we talked about it, where I was like, I was talking about it in terms of friendship, but I think this is important to me and any person that's close to me is I will not, I do not want to be close to people who, when they are angry, they yell. Yeah. No, fuck no. When they are mad, they shout at you and they're like down to fight. I want people who fear fighting, yeah. not fear conflict, yeah. but fear fighting. Cause like I was Absolutely. describing, I was saying to my therapist, I was talking about friendship and all that. And I was like, I have friends that I've been friends with for yeah. like decades at this <laughs> point years, right? and I've <laughs> never fought with them. Doesn't mean we've never yeah, disagreed. Yeah. We have disagreed, for but sure. we've never fought. Yeah. And that is a big thing so to me. Key. I want someone who knows how to handle conflict Absolutely. and Definitely. never will shout and get like angry and um, mean when, yeah, sure. when there's a disagreement and when there's conflict. Mm-hmm. And that goes for totally. everyone in my life. I only want to be close with people yeah. who know how to deal with conflict and disagreement in appropriate ways. Agreed. I agree. If you raise your voice at me, I literally will cry. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm like, unacceptable. It's over. I have like... I'm way too sensitive for that. Uh No, we're not going to have a a productive conversation that way. You don't even have to raise your voice to be mean. It's also the key here. For sure. You can also just be dismissive. Like, Joan is never dismissive, right? Like, I'm watching, like, reality TV show right now where, like, the guy is just, like, uninterested in the woman's friends. Mm -hmm. That's an asshole move. Mm -hmm. And he's being, like, dismissive. That, like, fucking sucks. For sure. You're with someone who's dismissing you. And your people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I've it doesn't even have to be yelling, like you said. It's just like the people who when they are angry, they're gonna sit there and think up the meanest things they can say to you because they're close to you. They know how it's gonna hit you and what's yeah. gonna hurt you the worst. Yeah. And like when people take advantage of that closeness and they use the fact that they know your insecurities and the things that would sting against you when they're mad mm-hmm. i don't fucking trust you yeah because i'm like if if you truly love someone and you have it in you yeah. to say things with the purpose of hurting them right we can all accidentally hurt each Absolutely. other unintentionally like things happen For but sure. when you are sitting there thinking up what the meanest thing you can say to someone is in a fight just yeah. because you feel like you're losing or whatever you are not the kind of person Mm-mm. that i want to be around yeah, I think, like, with that, like, respect is, like, a high value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, you always, because I will always respect you. Right. 
You you're always still, need to respect me. Totally. You're still leading with love and like honoring your connection, whatever exactly. that is. When you are arguing, when you are fighting, not, not even fighting, disagreeing. Yeah. When there is conflict, um, you're never, you're always looking for a resolution because you love the connection and you want to like respect what yeah. you guys have as yeah. friends, as, you know, partners, whatever it is. Totally. Yeah. That's huge. I'd say that's even, like, number one. Yeah. Yeah, because you can't be in a relationship. At least, like, I can't. I know you guys can't either. If, like... I mean, it's not sustainable to be yeah. in a relationship with someone who is mean or who is yeah. dismissive or who does yell. Like, if you, don't, if you can't have, like, healthy conflict... Yeah. Or you're right. not, like, trying to have healthy conflict. Like, I think there's grace, right? Because, mm-hmm. like... No if it's like a like a one time thing, yeah. Right. If yeah, I'm sort of like I don't know. I feel like now I'm like I'm only interested in being close to people that have already gone through that sort of process of being good with conflict because I think yeah. nobody's naturally yeah, good agree. at it. Absolutely. You know, I think that like I can look back on times in my life, particularly with my siblings, and I think that's uh, maybe a good part of having siblings yeah. is like you <laughs> yeah. get to get out all of the being bad with dealing at conflict totally. with each other. Totally. So I, I feel like most of my like bad fights where I was like, Ooh, you were fucking mean. It's been with my sister. Yeah. And so I feel like obviously everyone has to sort of learn. And especially when you're younger, like dealing with those emotions is hard. So people are meaner when they're younger, mm-hmm. but I feel like when you're like a full blown fucking adult and you're still acting like that, I'm like over it. Unacceptable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even when you like feel bad for someone and you justify the way they treat you because you're like, oh, they've really been through a lot or mm-hmm. no, none of that. I like yeah. it. I'm over it now. I will not make yeah. excuses for people on the yeah. way they treat me. No. Cause for also sure. like at the end of the day, like everyone has had trauma totally. in mm-hmm. their lives. Yes. Like we can have empathy for like different levels and like different yeah. experiences, but like at the end of the day, like no amount of like, at least I personally think, I don't think that like any amount of, I just don't think that there's like, I think that there can be justifications and reasons and empathy, but I don't think that there's like, I don't think that it can ever be excused for someone being like Mm -hmm. manipulative or gaslighty or like, for sure, you know, we can have grace and we can have empathy. Definitely. And like, part of loving someone is also holding them accountable yeah. yeah, and like encouraging them and giving them the opportunity to do better. I think you can also like have empathy for people without needing to be close to them. Oh, 100%. like I feel for you. I feel for the fact that like this conflict and dealing with it is hard for you. I, I wish you well. I hope that you get better at this moving mm-hmm. forward and that someone else doesn't have to go through this, but I don't want to be around this no and it might not be healthy for you too or it might be actually like really triggering for you too like somebody has like an eating disorder or something like you might want to be like sending them like all the love in the entire world but it actually might just like get healthier for you to like have a little bit of space like from that situation because like you're not in a place where you can like mentally and emotionally like carry that totally yeah you can definitely like understand someone and like their traumas and where they're coming from and still not want them in your life you know like you don't have to stick around for that character development if it's like going to be detrimental to your happiness and mental health as well yeah 
I totally yeah. agree. All right. So values. I think that was good. That was yeah, great. Was good. We threw a bunch in the middle yeah. of the room just then. <laughs> just that was so good. <laughs> true, true. Let her know. She yeah. inspired one of the greatest conversations. I know. That was good. So true. Okay. Love that. Thanks, Elizabeth. You've been thinking about it. Now we're going to be thinking out. about it for a minute now. And we'll revisit this in a few months. In Croatia. On uh, yeah. the yeah. yacht. We'll be on a yacht podcasting. <laughs> we can get Jonah's take. <laughs> Literally. On. We can have a whole episode just on values in Croatia. I love that idea. Honestly. Okay. Amazing. So, Mika, what have you been thinking about? It's been on your mind. Mm, such a great question. Um, I want to bring to the table, um, I do not dream of labor. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. point blank. Um, I... It's so funny, too, because I feel like growing up, everybody was always like, oh, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Like, what do you want to be? And like, I literally like, I mean, I had an answer as a kid to be like completely transparent. I swear to God, I thought I was going to be a pediatrician until I was like 15. (laughs) (laughs) I swear on my life. That's so cute. Like as a kid, kid, yeah, as a kid, I was like, I want to be a doctor. And then I was like, I think I want to be a pediatrician. That's so cute. Yeah, it's so sweet. So cute. I did get older and I was like, oh, med school. <laughs> that sounds that like, doesn't sound fun. Not at all. I was like, I do not like school enough for that. So I definitely re- just pivoted completely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like my parents are always kind of like, are you like interested in anything? Mm. <laughs> I was like, uh, shooting the shit. <laughs> hanging out, being besties. Like, literally, I was like, I don't know, like mm, just hanging out, chilling, theater. I was really into theater at the time, but I don't, you know, as an adult, I, I don't think I would have pursued theater long-term. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I loved it for what yeah. it was at the time. Um, and then like the pandemic struck and suddenly on Twitter, everybody was like, I do not dream of labor. And I... Yeah. had the most like aha epiphany moment i was like that's it that's literally it yeah i don't have a dream job but my dream is to not have a job my dream is to not work my dream is just to be rich yeah. and hot <laughs> like that's literally it you know and yeah. you know obviously i wasn't born rich yeah <laughs> so i don't have i have to get there somehow and i think mm-hmm. i will i'm on track to getting Definitely. there but i simply don't dream of labor i i when the pandemic hit a few months later, I was unemployed and I was unemployed for summer 2020, which was honestly super great because one, the unemployment was fucking crazy <laughs> at that time. It was really bonkers. I was straight up making more unemployment than I was on my actual job at the time. So I was like, sick, sick, sick. I am going to take my time. Yeah. And I just had like a summer vacation and I was like, wow, like I'm having yeah. so much fun just like being outside. Yeah. Like being outside, hanging out, just doing my own thing, like not having to worry about seeing people that I don't really care about because it's yeah. COVID and I only have like two friends. <laughs> like yeah. it was such a great time. And I was like, wow, like I think ultimately I want to live a life where I can just like do fun things that bring me joy every day and not have to worry about having to work a nine to five all the time. Yeah. And I have to add, because it really is so funny to me, because Mika is so authentically committed to this take, and I know that she is, and Mika and I work a nine-to-five together at the same company. We're also starting our own company together, and Mika is so good at everything that she does professionally, and is, like, truly, like, it's, it's like, yes, she doesn't dream of labor. That being stated, she does labor 
I mean, some of the best work I've ever seen. Some I'll of the be best honest. labor there is. I mean, and listen, I just did her peer review this week. <laughs> it was it was a glowing peer review, okay? I pointed out her strengths. I pointed out her superpowers. I pointed out everything. I mean, she's so good at her job. Wow. So it's just funny because I know, I know like how important this take is to you. Yeah. And like that being stated, it is worth acknowledging that Mika is like... <laughs> She is so fucking good <sighs> at you. all of the labor that she does do. Yeah. You're listening and you <laughs> sign my paychecks. <laughs> <laughs> keep signing them. <laughs> Please and thank you. Keep signing them. <laughs> I do love it when you do that. <laughs> yeah. No, I like I like this take. I feel like I, for myself, I feel like 50-50 on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because... I never want to work a nine to five ever again in my entire life. Now that I'm not doing it, I'm like, you would have to hold me at gunpoint to get me back in an office. I'm never doing that shit again. Um, But I feel like my dream job has always been to be a YouTuber. So in, in a way I'm like, I've had a dream job. Now I have the dream job. The dream job, however, is hanging out all day. That is what my job is. And like, it's, it's hard work and I put a lot into it. But at the end of the day, like I am being paid to like hang out. And so it's like, it's work, but it is the most fun work of all time, which makes it so fucking easy. So I'm sort of like, I'm sort of in this boat accidentally as well, because I'm like, I've dreamed of this and this is the labor that I have dreamt of. But it's also like barely labor, yeah. you know, because I would do this. I was doing this before I was paid to do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. this was my hobby. This so was true. my what I did on the yeah. weekends yeah. before I started making money off it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and, and because this has been my only real like big dream in my life is to do this. I'm like, I guess I don't dream of labor either because this is what I've been dreaming of. I did it. <laughs> My dreams came true. <laughs> a bit of like a counter perspective. Yeah. I actually definitely dream of labor. I know. It's so crazy. I fucking love, love this. working. Love this it's back amazing. and forth. That being stated, I wish that labor wasn't um, like so connected to financial stability. Mm-hmm. I love working and it's something that I get like great joy out of. But the fact that uh, I have to do it Mm -hmm. to survive Hmm. for money, that is stressful. And I think specifically, like, right now at this point in my life, I am working a nine-to-five. I just started a new company. It would be so amazing in some ways if I had more time to, like, devote to this new company without having to worry about paying rent or paying Mm -hmm. for groceries. Like... I would just love if I could like wake up and like work on this like passion project that I'm having so much fun with. And like, I didn't have to worry about paying my bills. Like that would Mm -hmm. like, I feel like I always like find myself working like, cause I get so it's, it aligns with my value of accomplishment. Like Mm -hmm. I feel so good when I work, like I just fucking love it. But that, like that being stated, it's like, I just, the fact that it is so connected to like if I'm going to survive financially or not. Yeah. Yeah. That I know. Can be hard at times. I love women's rights and I love that we get to do <laughs> literally like anything we want to do. That being said, I think I would have made a really fucking phenomenal housewife. That being you said, wanna... roll them back. <laughs> Take me back, baby. Take me back. 
Uh, you can be the breadwinner. I'll <laughs> fuck around and garden all day and cook yeah, up honestly. a storm. Because I bake. mean, I think the thing is, is like if everyone got to be paid to do their hobby, everyone exactly. would be fine with working. Yeah, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know. Well, we just like we put so much value on like different types of labor, right? Like, yeah. People can respect a doctor or a lawyer, and for some weird fucking reason, like don't give a fuck about teachers. Yeah. What's up yeah. With that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Like teachers should be obviously totally paid so much more. Also, yeah. we shouldn't have to pay for basic health care. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Why is vision and dental not included I know. in regular health care? Yeah. You know, like what is up with that? I know. There's just it's just so expensive to live. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to exist. Or just like no rent. You know? Like that'd that, be nice. Oh, that would be so, something else. So I don't know, like <laughs> just that would saying. Be so good. Yeah. Imagine yeah. rent was like a hundred dollars. Oh. Please. And I wish. <laughs> ah, that would be amazing. Yeah. I would never need to buy a house. Yeah. I wouldn't even consider it. I know. I'd be like a house? Yeah. No, I'm just going to travel and live in different places for the rest of my life. I'm like, I'm in physical pain on the first of every month. It's like when you're going shopping, like I swipe my credit card and then I have an item in front of me. Right. Yeah, rent yeah. is like, there's, it, I just feel like I'm being robbed every time I pay so rent. Fucked up. <laughs> you're so right. And it's like also just going to what? Our, a landlord? Boo. Right. <laughs> what the fuck said. is that guy doing? <laughs> Sitting around in his box. Yeah. <laughs> That we're what the paying, hell? That we pay for <laughs> with our money. Yeah, no. Meanwhile, shit's broken all the fucking time. The other, the other week, <laughs> I was sitting at my desk editing a video. All of a sudden, I hear water, oh, and I was no. like, Mm-mm. "What happened? Did like Mango flip the switch on the sink or something in the bathroom? I don't know." I was like, just trying to think. And I walk into the bathroom, and the ceiling, <gasps> the lights are there's water pouring out of them the light fixtures and one of them is like it's pouring directly into the sink so i was like "Mm, that's convenient but then the other one i was like putting buckets underneath it trying to do it and i was so i don't have a number to call my landlord there's an app that i have to put in a request in so i'm like all right filling out this app and it's like mark the urgency i'm like high urgency (laughs) there's a water pouring out of the (laughs) ceiling but i'm like had problems before where like at one point there was a blizzard in the middle of the winter and my door kept blowing open the door to the outside (laughs) and i was like um hello i can't like sit here all day and hold the door closed like the latch isn't (laughs) latching for some reason and um it took him like two hours to come get me that time and i sat on my couch with my hand on the door for literally two hours and so i'm like okay there's water pouring through my ceiling right now what do i do so i run upstairs to like talk to whoever is living above me like hello what are you doing in your bathroom why is there why is there a continuous stream of water coming in under my lights like i was in my head like what could possibly be happening up there like how is there this much water what was it so whoever was up there had just moved out and there was people up there cleaning and they were, I'm not fucking kidding. They were trying to fucking nose arc that place. They were just sloshing oh buckets of God. water down. They were pouring water down. And I was like, yeah, so it's coming through the ceiling, babes. And my apartment is covered in water right now. Two hours later, super comes by and he's like, oh yeah, I see what happened here. I was like, yeah, I've been dealing with it for two fucking hours. Oh, yeah. I see. You do have a leak in your ceiling. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Oh, you know what? In my last apartment, this was even worse. It was the same sort of fucking deal. I was home alone when this happened. My roommate was at work, and I was home alone, trying to, you know, take meetings, just ended a Zoom call. 
water starts coming through the ceiling same thing through the light fixture in the fucking bathroom but then the fire alarm starts going off and i was like how do i get this stop how do i get this stop my neighbors are all coming to knock on my door like are you okay i'm like i don't know why the fire alarm's going off it's trying like so humiliating. and there's water pouring out of the ceiling in my no, bathroom i'm not okay and so anyways it literally the fire alarm was going off for about an hour and a half because the water went through the ceiling and then messed up the electrical with the fire alarms it was a whole fucking nightmare did you take out the battery see that's that eventually someone came and did that yeah but i didn't have anywhere to get to the ceiling i'm like i'm five foot three how the fuck am i gonna get up there so my senior year of college um our fire alarm or whatever the fuck would just go off in the middle of the night randomly and all four of my roommates and i would just walk to the kitchen and be like exhausted and be like are you fucking kidding me right now and literally like we took out the batteries and everything and like all this shit and it would just like still randomly go off sometimes Maybe that's a lie, an, ex- an exaggeration. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe I just lied right now. <laughs> Maybe I made that up but like, completely. But I, like, Phantom I, but like, fire. We literally, alarm. like, we, like, we freak, it was, like, enough of an issue where it wasn't, like, oh, let's, like, leave the batteries. And it was, like, yeah. no, all batteries are coming out. No, yeah. I'd like, burn to death. Well, also, because people were, like, smoking. <laughs> so people were, like, out of my just window. take it out, you know? Because, like, at parties and shit, like, you can't have yeah, no, no, the no. fire alarm going off. Because of someone's, not. yeah, so parties, I don't. Just cooking in general. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that's something. Not to mention the floorboards were literally like denting in. Also, yeah. didn't the front door not lock? We no. never got keys. So let's start there. Um, we literally never got the keys to our apartment. So we couldn't lock the door or anything. If ever there were a time to like have no locks, it's when you're in college when you have nothing of there value was literally nothing yeah. in that house that was worth taking yeah what, literally. the throw-up couch <laughs> <laughs> please <laughs> take all three of them all three of the throw-up couches they're yours you get a throw-up couch you get a throw-up couch <laughs> <laughs> please take them off our hands because no one else yeah. wants them yeah. the disgusting ass carpet oh rip it up baby take it away anyway maddie what has been on your mind lately mm. What has been on my mind lately? I feel like I started talking about this in my recent Paris vlog. So if you haven't watched that all the way through, definitely go do that. Um, but something that I have been reflecting on lately, and these are very light reflections, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but I have been just thinking about my relationship with alcohol and sobriety um, because I don't... I don't feel a particular pull towards drinking like at all, really. Um, I feel like I, I already don't really drink that much. I don't go out on the weekends. I, you know, I'll have a drink or two at dinner if I'm sharing a bottle with someone. Most of the time I'll just order Diet Coke though. And, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, you know, unless, unless there's like a, a reason for me to be drinking or it's like some sort of special occasion like i i don't drink that much one glass maybe two that's it um and it's not that i don't enjoy drinking i do when i do drink i do enjoy it i have a good time i don't have a problem with drinking alcohol but i think that i've just been reflecting on it more lately about how like i think my like I don't know. My relationship with alcohol and why I drink is almost entirely because there's a societal expectation mm-hmm. to drink. 
Um, because I don't really care about alcohol. I hate being drunk. I never want to feel drunk. The second I start to feel a little tipsy, I stop drinking. Mm-hmm. I just hate feeling not in control of my own body or like, I feel like I'm, my brain is a constant loop of worst case scenarios. Mm-hmm. So being drunk and not being able to save myself and the people that I love from those worst case scenarios just makes my anxiety so much worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I feel like I've always preferred to not be. And um, yeah, I feel like a lot of times the reason that I'm drinking is because I like the taste. I like drinking cocktails. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you made me a concoction that didn't have alcohol in it, yeah, like that mm-hmm. would be just as exciting to me. And, um, a, a response that I got, cause I said in the Paris video where I was like, if I wish mocktails were more popular, more like a thing and people were responding being like, well, usually restaurants have like mocktail options or you can ask for a cocktail without alcohol in it. And I was like, but that's different yeah, because yeah. like. I, I could ask for a cocktail without alcohol in it. Sometimes it's not going to taste good because they like formulate no, it like with the alcohol. Yeah. Right. But even even if it was like a, a, a place that only has like one or two mocktail options, like I'm talking about a cultural shift. Yeah. Like if it was culturally and like yeah. socially more expected mm-hmm. for people to order mocktails yeah. to the point where these places had ex- just just as extensive mocktail menus as the cocktail menus mm-hmm. and when you go out with friends like if i were to order a mocktail and everyone else ordered cocktails like nobody would be thinking like oh should we not be drinking because she's not drinking like does yeah. she not want us to drink because i don't care what other people do but I think that there's always like a little bit of weirdness. Yeah. When totally. like You're the only a lot, one. only one not drinking. And like, I don't want to make other people feel bad or feel like I'm looking down on them for mm-hmm. drinking. Cause that's not how it is at all. I just don't think that I have a real genuine interest in drinking a lot of the time. Yeah. So I don't know. I've been just thinking about sobriety it's not like a pressing thought because it I already don't drink that much and I don't think I'd ever go completely sober and I think that I do want to just think more and reflect more on like when I actually want to be drinking versus when it's like a social pressure mm-hmm. to drink because yeah. there are times where I want to drink you know I think pretty much you put me on a boat and I want to be drinking I don't know why that is, but like, and it's always Prosecco. Give me a glass of Prosecco. Like in, in the right context, I want to be doing it. I'm excited to do it, but, um, as like a naturally expected thing, I don't know. I, I I feel like I just want to reflect more on like the, the pressure to drink socially and how that's shaped my relationship with alcohol. Yeah. I, I feel like my relationship with alcohol has changed a lot in the last like few years mm-hmm. since graduating college, but especially <clears throat> since the pandemic started because in college we were drinking and we were drinking to get drunk. Like yeah. that is just the American college experience is like you're drinking tonight and we're getting like fucked up, yeah. you know? And so I was like excited to get drunk and like, I, not that I ever like, I've only blacked out like a couple times in my life maybe maybe three times and even that is like really iffy and they were all accidents (laughs) you know um and they were because I was young and I I wasn't thinking and and whatever 
And then like after graduating, I realized one, I never have to drink beer ever again mm-hmm. <laughs> because I don't have to buy it and I yeah. can afford better alcohol. Right. And two, like I don't really enjoy being drunk yeah. anymore. Like I like being kind of tipsy, you know, but anything past that and I feel kind of like sick, like I don't yeah. feel well. I also don't enjoy being like out of control of my body. Yeah. And also just like hangovers. Yeah. Just like not worth it. Um and yeah, I was telling you earlier that like my body has been like really rejecting alcohol recently. Like anything more than like 3 drinks and I'm guaranteed like a vicious hangover the next yeah. day, which sucks cuz like there my hangovers are, my hangovers are like debilitating. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm out for the count until at least 3 p.m., if not maybe like 5 or 6 p.m., which is awful. And it's like, what's even kind of like the point? I would love a mocktail. Because ultimately, like, I love a margarita. I love a fun, funky, pretty cocktail. Like, it's fun to drink. They taste good. It's like fun to take pictures with. Like, ultimately, it's a good time. But it's like, yeah, I would love to have like three of these and not feel like garbage tomorrow or tonight, you know, like not be like, fuck, like I'm going to be throwing up for five hours about this. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I think I first started thinking about it because I was at like some work event a few months ago and um, half of the table ordered mocktails. Mm. And I was like, I think that was the first time that I'd ever been around people where people just like casually ordered a mocktail and it wasn't, I don't know. I don't feel like I'm around that many people who choose not to drink Mm -hmm. or honestly, I don't think I'm around anybody who chooses not to drink. Mm -hmm. I think that like a lot of people or I think most everyone in my life is on the same page. Like, I don't know anyone that like really fucking rages and like binge drinks. I think most people I know have like similar relationships to alcohol probably Um, but I don't know anybody who is sober and who chooses not to drink. Mm -hmm. And so it was interesting being in a space where like multiple people at the table were just like choosing not to drink. And it wasn't like, I don't know. It's a different like set of social expectations, I guess, that Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever really been in contact with. And for sure it just, yeah, it got me, got me thinking. And then being in Paris, on a vacation and not really caring to drink, I was like, oh, interesting. Hmm. This leads me to believe even more that my drinking and my like feeling like I have to drink is almost entirely because of other people and like Mm -hmm. because of social scenarios. Because when I'm by myself on a vacation at a fancy dinner where normally I would order a drink if I was with my family, with friends, and I'm sitting here and I don't care and I don't really want to. Mm Yeah. Yeah. That says to me that my urge to drink is all almost entirely yeah. Yeah. social For and sure. not at all because it's actually something that I would want to otherwise be doing. Mm-hmm. So I want to add kind of like a different perspective. So I obviously love red wine mm-hmm. and like think that it is just like, I can't even believe that like when the day wraps up, like we get to like cook dinner and enjoy a glass of red wine like that is like so pleasurable like to me and not every single day like I don't crave it every single night but at least once twice three four sometimes five times a week like I will genuinely like crave wine and you know I never drink a lot it's always one glass two max but like 
that is like such a source of like joy for me. And actually something that I have literally been thinking about, which is completely opposite of you. Mm. And I just realized it is um, Jonah's grandparents every single night at 5 p.m. And they've done it for decades. They have wine time where Mm. they sit together and they have a glass of wine together. And I was like recently with them. And I was just just reflecting on like how lovely it is that they literally they have like a little like not like a dedicated part of their house, but they have like a little like area that they always do their wine time in. Mm. And I just thought that that's such like a cute like moment for like connection. And I was thinking about how like I would love to integrate that into like my life if like Jonah and I were like living together and like because I think for me, like, yes, I enjoy wine but also, like, it'd be nice to have, like, a curated, consistent part of every single day that you get to, like, connect with your partner. Yeah. I just thought, I just loved how that sounded. Totally. Yeah, that's that's a sweet tradition. Yeah. I think what that brings up for me and what that makes me think of is, like, um, I hear that and I'm like, imagine if there was this universe where there was a beverage that was upheld the way that wine is in terms of like connecting people and getting people to like sit down and be cozy and talk and open up like imagine if there was culturally socially a beverage like that that could replace what we see wine and alcohol as being that's non-alcoholic I think coffee is the closest thing to that but it's not like a nighttime nobody's gonna drink coffee at night you know so it's like um and I will add too. I feel very glad that like it is red wine for me at least mm. like that feels like I don't feel like if there was an option or like there is an option you know if I could have like lemonade instead mm. I would still opt to do red wine even though it's alcoholic because truthfully it just feels really good and like one glass isn't like a huge yeah 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 totally yeah but I get what you're saying and like for me I would still opt for the wine. Imagine if it it was it tasted the same as red wine. And it was non-alcoholic? But there was no cultural stigma of like Yeah, yeah. non-alcoholic being like a a lesser. Like I'm thinking of like a world where basically our relationship with alcohol and how we see alcohol is completely different from what our world is and how we see alcohol mm. now. I feel like it's also so interesting because like I think there are places in the world where like the cultural relationship with alcohol is so different because mm. I think like American culture is like totally all like American drinking, drinking culture is binge drinking yeah. like straightforward like underage binge drinking yeah. we're getting fucked up um whereas like in Italy for example they would have just a glass of wine with lunch yeah, yeah. just because it tastes good and it pairs well with whatever totally. they're eating and yeah. that's it or they'll have like some cocktail, you know what I mean? Like it's, there's so much to be said about like yeah. the casualness of like drinking when like the culture around drinking is just like, Oh, well, we'll only probably only have like a couple glasses. Yeah. Um, definitely. And I, I feel like there's even that would probably shift the way that we feel so much more because I'm even thinking like when, cause I don't drink a lot when I do, it's always one or two glasses usually um but even that sometimes there's like a thought in the back of my head that's like that's the rule like we're not gonna drink more because you know we're we're not trying to get drunk we're not trying to get messy we're not trying to do all that there it's not like I don't know it's not like it would be 
expected to do one. Like I feel like the expectation is to keep ordering and ordering mm-hmm. throughout the meal as you'd go yeah. rather than going and saying, yeah, it's just one. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, in those European countries where it is like more uh, like socially expected to drink like one glass, even that would change it. Cause I feel like we're socially expected to drink multiple drink throughout mm-hmm. the dinner drink throughout the night drink throughout the party you're always holding something yeah. it's not like a even choosing to have one mm-hmm. feels like i don't know there's like some something in the back of my head that's kind yeah. of like i actually don't feel that pressure i'll mm-hmm. often opt for just one and feel like very comfortable telling yeah. anyone everyone. i think you're really good at setting boundaries i think we've talked it's about true. this before like i think you've I've noticed with you, like, you're very good at, like, knowing when you're done with a lot of things. Like, I think yeah. I think going to bed is an easy one. Like, I think a lot of people, like, if we're all sitting here hanging out, talking, like, having a good time, a lot of, myself included, a lot of people will just, like, keep talking and keep hanging out, even if they're so exhausted and don't really want to be there because they're, like... Well, I feel like I have to because everyone's here and I don't want to miss out if it gets good after I leave. But I think you're very good at like uh, listening to yourself and being like, yeah, I've had enough. I don't need I don't need to do more than this. For sure. It's true. And I learned that from Carly. Hmm. I, I like I've been trying to be better about boundary setting. And I think like the sleeping thing is such like a perfect mm-hmm. example because I'm I'm the type of a sleepover who's going to be up all night, baby. <laughs> like I'm up and out and about, and I want all the drama. Yeah. I want to be a part of every fucking conversation. I don't have to be, <laughs> I could in theory go to sleep. Yeah. I just get way too excited. And I think that like that translate and in, translates into like other aspects of my life also where mm-hmm. if I'm drinking, I'll just like oftentimes we'll, we'll not so much anymore. Cause we're in kind of like a different stage in life now. But like, I found that I would just kind of like forget like yeah. that a sudden, you know, like what I was drinking, how much I was drinking. And suddenly I'm like five drinks in and I'm like, what? Yeah. you know, um, I think also it's like hard oftentimes for me to even tell like how drunk I am. Mm-hmm. Like, I think because I don't, because I don't want to feel like out of control in my body. I do like a really, like, I think I do an exceptional job of like, acting sober when I'm drunk so much so that I convince myself that I am sober or more sober than I am. And then I continue to drink it because I'm like holding my own and I'm not acting like an imbecile. I'm like, Oh, this is fine. Like I'm cool. Wrong. Incorrect. (laughs) Not at all true. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, I think like that is something I struggle with is like, okay, actually how much is too much? Like, I don't know. I know. Even now I'm like just, reminiscing on like being when you go out with people or you're at a party or you know where drinking is expected there's always like the the conversation of which one is this for you which number are you on catch up i'm you're only on two i'm on four we're four shots keep it coming Ah, you gotta catch up catch up to me hate that no and i feel like that is everywhere that's like every time yeah that's so true i i i I don't get the idea of like, like peer pressuring people to drink more. I've never been that way. Like I think like even in high school, like where there was more of a separation of people who do and don't drink, I was like, look, I don't care what you do. Like 
drink water, drink soda, do you. Like, I am going to do my thing. Yeah. And it's like, I, I've never felt like, oh, like, I need this person. I wonder how much of that is like a, a, a yeah. an internal personal thing of like, I For want sure. this person to be where I'm at, at my yeah. level. Because maybe like they feel people probably don't even see it as being peer pressure because I think it's so expected yeah to be like let's party let's rage let's drink so it's like yeah. when you're saying like catch up to me it's it, you're thinking that that person is already choosing to drink yeah. like you yeah. they just need to catch up so you can be on the same time yeah. for the night yeah that's true. I, I think that's so there's true. just like an expectation Timing. of like yeah we're gonna get drunk tonight we're yeah. gonna drink true timing is everything also like two drinks for me might not be two drinks for right. you you yeah, know like absolutely what two drinks does to me might be like half a drink yeah <laughs> for you 100 percent. um yeah i don't know if i'm allowed to mention this on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> but uh i will say I've always just been a weed person, man. <laughs> like, look, I get high, baby. I mean, really, it has been like the biggest game changer of my life. Mm-hmm. Just having it like weed be legal yeah. in Massachusetts or New York, like in the states in which I mostly reside. Yeah. Because it's become a less stigmatized mm-hmm. and B just like suddenly people are coming out of the woodwork and are like, actually, I'd rather not drink tonight. I'd rather yeah. do this thing instead. And that has been so game changing. And that I think in the last few years has been like really my like aha moment of like, Oh, maybe I actually don't even like drinking. Hmm. Like maybe like my vice or social stamina has nothing to do with like the consumption of alcohol. Um, yeah. I wish people treated like, I don't want to call it peer pressure, but like, you know, like, peer pressure of alcohol and the way that they do with weed like yeah. i've never seen anybody be like oh you've had like a bad experience with weed just like suck it up like keep i mean yeah. people do say that but it's like people are way more willing to back off when it comes to like totally drugs i guess yeah than when it comes to like, I think alcohol people are like more willing to like accept that somebody's body can like have an entirely different experience with weed because yeah. I'm one of those people. I, anytime I've smoked, I get ridiculously fucking anxious. Yeah. And so anytime I'm offered weed, I always say no. And nobody has ever been like, right. Oh, but you just got to give it another. Sh-. I mean, people definitely did say that right, to me in right. college, but I feel like for the most part now, like as an adult, if I say no, I'm good. Like it makes me anxious. Nobody yeah. questions that. They're like, yeah. Oh, boy, right. They're like, that's I got it. <laughs> Sick. Yeah. <laughs> God forbid. I say like, Oh no, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I've had too many hangovers in a lifetime. Just, yeah. I don't know. They're like, <laughs> get back on the horse. Come on. Yeah, like, what's one drink? This time was going to be different. Yeah, you know, just just drink something different, man. The spinal works yeah, yeah. from, like, look, exactly. listen. <laughs> I'm good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so we literally had more topics prepared, but I feel like we've done enough here. Yeah, we really so did So we'll it. save those other thoughts for another time. Perhaps Croatia. Um, this is true. Perhaps Croatia <laughs> can't stop us. Won't stop us. Ash and Mika will for sure be back on the podcast at some point. So, um, remember their names. <laughs> they will remember be back. Faces. If you're watching on YouTube, something to think about. Yep. So that's it for my little chat with Ashley and Mika, but it's not the end of the episode because as you guys know, we are watching love Island this summer, baby. 
We still got to talk about Love Island. Week two of Love Island. Today I'm going to be talking about episodes six through 11. So if you have not watched those episodes of season eight, Love Island UK as of yet, um, this is the end of the episode for you. And if not, if you're ready to talk some shit about Love Island with me, then come on down because here we go. Um, honestly, beginning half of week two was so fucking boring to me. I thought this, I think this season in general is just moving a little bit slow towards the end of the week is when the drama really starts coming in. So I'm just going to speed through the notes that I took for the first half of week two, because I think the second half of week two is really what we have to talk about today. So here's what I have in my notes for the beginning half of week two. First note I have here is Davide is so delusional. He thinks he's way deeper than he actually is, (laughs) which I think is like usually half the contestants on Love Island. They all think they're like super deep and super thoughtful. It's like when, when you ask a Love Island contestant what they look for in a man or what their ideal partner is, they're always like tall, dark, handsome. (laughs) Like they, they all say the same fucking thing. (laughs) Like nobody has actually done any sort of deep thought and reflection on what they're looking for in a partner they're all just like um they have to be sexy and they have to like me too (laughs) it's like they're just always like that they I feel like every Love Island cast member just thinks they're a little bit deeper than they actually are uh Davide is exceptionally like that to me though he gives me like mega himbo energy he's very very pretty I don't think there are a lot of thoughts going on in there (laughs) Second note here is why the fuck is every single man in a white polo? Don't they have stylists on Love Island? Like they have people who work in the fashion department on these shows. They're supplying like 15 different white polos and letting all of them wear them on the exact same night. I felt like I was like losing it for a second. I'm like, are they all in the same fucking outfit? I swear to God they were. It's not like it was like a white hot party or anything either. Speaking of parties, though, I think it's so funny how island the Islanders have to pretend to be excited when they get a text that's like, tonight you're going to get a party. And it's like, what? It's the same thing as every other night. Every single night they drink around the villa. And then one night they're like, we're going to throw you a party. And what that means is they're just going to record them doing slow motion dancing for a little segment in the show. I just think that's so funny. Like the amount of like, faked enthusiasm that you have to have to be on a show like love island like they'll be like we're having a party and they're all like jumping around like jumping into the pool hugging each other like it's the best day of their life so the producers must tell them to do that because it's just not that exciting you know (laughs) let's talk about Gemma and luca for a little bit i think they have been mostly really fucking boring in my eyes. Um, I don't see them lasting, but I think they really see each other lasting, which makes it so much more fun as a viewer. Um, I thought there were only really two exciting incidents between them this week. And it was the time where Gemma accidentally called Luca Jax. She was like, you know, she was sitting at the counter and Luca was behind her touching her. And she was like, Oh, Jax and called Luca Jax in like a moment of frustration. If you don't know, Jax is Gemma's ex who also happens to be in the villa right now. And Luca is her current 
person that she's in a couple with. Um, and Luca kind of got a weird attitude about it. I thought that he took it a little bit too personally. I don't think it was that deep, but he seemed to get like really irritated about it. And then when they had that conversation about it near the fire pit, I thought that he was just acting like a baby. And like Gemma's 19, Luca's like what, 24? Which, what the fuck is in the water in the UK? Because half these dudes that are younger than me, I swear, look like they could be, like, they're 24 in the UK, and if they were in the US, they'd be, like, 32. <laughs> you know? They just look so much fucking older. But Luca was just acting like a baby. And I don't even know how to describe the dynamic of that conversation, but it was, like, she was clearly trying to be, like, it's fine. Like, it was a simple mistake. There's really nothing too deep there. Whatever, let's just move on. And Luca was, like just kind of acting like a baby. And then Gemma started getting frustrated because he kept bringing the conversation in circles. And the second she started showing frustration, he was like, oh, what are you doing? Why are you being like this? And it's like, you were the baby. You were the one that was being a baby in this situation. Not that I'm a Gemma defender because what I thought was more annoying this week was when Gemma was complaining that Luca cared, that he gave a shit. And she was like, I just want him to ignore me a little bit. You know, like he's just like, too full on which okay whatever fine I get it it's been like a week and a half but I really didn't think Luca was being too full on he just like brought her a coffee in the morning and she's like oh I wish he hated me a little more like I thought that was showing her age a little bit being like I want my partner to be a little less attentive especially in the getting to know each other phase I was sort of like Oh, that's so boring and a very teenage thing to say to be like irritated that your partner brought you coffee because it's too nice. I just don't like that. I, I think the the I don't know when people get frustrated at people for being nice. I'm like, maybe you just don't like them. <laughs> Have we considered that you just don't like them that much? But they they seem to be still going strong. But in my head, I'm like, if you're getting mad at this person that you're getting to know for putting effort in and caring and being attentive, maybe you just don't like them. You know, maybe it's not a them problem. Maybe it's a you problem. And you should just let them go be attentive to someone who will appreciate it. But, um, yeah. So that was my take on Luca and Gemma for the week. Other than that, they've been relentlessly boring. Only other couple before we get into the big juice of this week that I want to talk about is India and Ikenna, which I can't even believe they're still together because it is so obvious that India does not like Ikenna. <laughs> India is like the most gorgeous girl in the villa. She is beautiful. She's nice. She's sweet. Like she's, she just seems like an all around catch, a great girl. Ikenna is boring as fuck. He just is has that man said like anything? I feel like he is just consistently quiet. Doesn't really contribute that much. The only thing he contributes to the show to me is like anytime something happens that at home you're like, oh, that's ridiculous. Ken is laughing at it in the show, which I appreciate because I'm like, he's got some sort of sense to him. It seems like he gets how ridiculous a lot of the things that happen in the show is. But I think India's like that too. Because sometimes the camera will pan to India and she's got a look on her face like she's acknowledging that everyone around her is a little off the fucking walls bonkers um so I've always liked India for that reason and I'm just a girl's girl I'm always gonna root for the woman in a dynamic always I, that's just that's me that's me babes <laughs> and um 
it's so obvious that India is just so bored with Akena and India in my eyes has a lot more interest to bring to the table than Akena. But my beef with India is she'll have these side conversations with the girls and be like, yeah, I'm just, I, there's something missing. Like I don't, I don't really know what's going on. Why am I not doing a British accent? There's something missing. (laughs) Okay. Maybe not. Maybe I'll just stick to not doing it. There's something missing. Like, I don't know why this relationship is not moving forward. I don't know why. Like, I just don't think Akena's it. And then they'll be like, you should talk to him about it. And then India goes to talk to Akena and she literally is like, so what do you feel? What do you want out of this? And it's like, India, that was not what you were supposed to do. You were not supposed to go ask Akena what he wants. You were supposed to go tell him what you want. Stop waiting for him to take control of this relationship and be like, yeah, this is where I want it to go. You tell him where you want it to go. And he either says, hell yeah, and steps up or he doesn't, you know, like, why are we waiting around for Akena to be like, "Mm, I love you so much. I don't give a fuck what that man wants. You know what you want. He clearly doesn't. So you should just say it, move the conversation there and like, take your learnings and go. But being in a constant state of like, oh, I'm unsatisfied. Let me go talk to him. And then when you go talk to him, you're just like, are you unsatisfied? What do you want? And it's like, speak up for yourself. So I've had some beef with India because of that, because I just think that she's super out of his league and way cooler than him. And I think it's pretty obvious that she doesn't really like him, but she's not really doing anything to change that. So I'm hoping that they break up soon (laughs) because I think Akena needs to go. I'm not sure what's going on there. If he's like actually interested in finding love or if this is like a joke that went too far and suddenly he's on Love Island. But I feel like Akena seems like perpetually like, I don't know why he's there. I don't know what he's doing. He seems to just be like not participating in the process of Love Island really. Honestly, maybe he's smarter than everyone there. And he just came for a free vacation. He's going to milk his two weeks and then he's going to go home and be like, yeah, well, that was it for me. And honestly, I'd I'd respect that. So I don't know if that's what's going on, but that's the vibe I get because he has brought absolutely nothing. He's given absolutely nothing vibes. Brought absolutely nothing to the villa. I feel like that was good. Okay. On to the big juice of the week, which was, of course, the introduction of... Jay and Remy and the subsequent falling apart of Davide and Ekansu's relationship. Okay. So two new boys enter the villa, Jay and Remy. Dates are had and right off the bat, Ekansu is like, got her eyes set on Jay and Ekansu's been getting irritated at Davide saying that he's not putting in enough effort, not giving her enough attention. Um, granted that it has been like three, four days, you know, like she was getting mad at like the three, four day mark of knowing this man. It was vaguely unreasonable what she was asking for. Um, do I somewhat see what she's saying? Yes. Do I think she worded it correctly? No. Maybe she genuinely was looking for more effort from him um, after three days 
and like genuinely believes that like she's entitled to knowing everything that he thinks about her and that he should have a final opinion on whether or not he genuinely likes her after three days of knowing her. I don't know if she really believes that. If she does, then that's okay. That's her. But in my head, when she was expressing her frustrations with Davide, it felt like she was what she meant to be saying was that she wanted him to be more thoughtful and proactive about getting to know her. Not that he needed to have all the answers or like commit to her in any way or like, you know, put in an effort to being in a relationship with her. But it felt like she felt like she was sort of asking all the questions and doing all of the more intimate uh, parts of getting to know someone. And he was just sort of sitting there being pretty, which I would agree with. He was just sitting there being pretty. But I, as I've said before, I don't think there's a lot going on in Davide's head. I think he's just big himbo energy. And like, I don't know if he was ever going to give her that. There just doesn't seem to be a lot happening there. <laughs> um, but the way that Ekansu comes off on the show is that she really believes that after three days, Davide should be like totally in love with her, like bowing down to her, catering to her every want and need, um, which is a lot. And it is overwhelming even to watch. And maybe that's just the edit, but it does seem like she's being a, a little unreasonable. Maybe it's just the way that she's wording things, the way it's being cut, but it, it to me... It's a little unreasonable what she's asking for. So anyways, Jay shows up and she's like, oh, I like him. He's interesting. He's cute. They start talking. They have like literally fucking two conversations. And she's like, in the two, in the one day I've known you in these two conversations, like you've just given me so much more than Davide ever has. And like all I really want is a man that's going to put in effort and really appreciate me. And I just feel like Davide doesn't even care. And was basically like saying that in the less than 24 hours that Jay has been there, that she saw a future with him. What, what did she exactly say? I, I'm pretty sure her exact words were like, I don't want to seem cringe, but I haven't felt this way in so long or you know, it, it was a little dramatic. It was a, a little much for knowing someone for 24 hours, especially on top of the fact that she was doing the same thing with Davide after three days. So Ekansu and Jay are really getting on, getting after it. And Ekansu is like, meet me in the terrace. Meet me up at the terrace. Okay, what accent was that? Meet me up at the terrace. <laughs> in five minutes. <laughs> So she goes up to the terrace and Jay follows her up there and she's like, I just want to have a private chat with you. <laughs> she gets up to the terrace and she's like whispering and then they kiss. And this is where the games begin, ladies and gentlemen. So they kiss. Go to bed as if nothing ever happened. Next morning, sort of same shit, different day going through the same song and dance there. Davide and Ekansu are on the rocks at this point. Um, he knows that she's talking to Jay, that she's interested in Jay, but he obviously does not know that they shared a kiss the night before. Then Jay is sitting in a circle with the rest of the guys and Ekansu's like giving him eyes from the kitchen being like, 
like meet me up at the terrace with her eyes. And then Jay in this group of all guys is like, I think I'm being summoned. And so all of them then know that Eck and Sue is asking him to go and they watch them walk into the villa together. And obviously they're going up to the terrace to kiss again while she's in a coupling with Davide. Now that doesn't mean they're together, but you know how they are on Love Island where they're like, it's just the right thing to tell me if you're going to pull her mate. You know, they feel uh, entitled to each other after just being in a coupling. It, it gives us the drama. So for the drama, I'll agree with it. <laughs> in real life, I think it's wild. But um, for the sake of Love Island, those are the rules of the show. Those are the, that's the common courtesy of being in the villa. So they go up to the terrace for a second time, but obviously this time people are catching on to what's happening. And so Davide is walking around the villa like, well, where's Zach and Sue? Where is she? And everyone's like, I'm pretty sure she's on the terrace with Jay. And they're like ducking down, trying not to be seen, like crawling on all fours on the terrace. It's kind of hilarious. It's great TV. I'll give them that. This is like the spiciest episode yet. And, um, so they're on the terrace, they're having a little kiss, and I'm pretty sure Luca shouted from down below, like, Ekansu, we know you're on the terrace, or something. Like, they had an awareness that they were up there having some alone time, clearly, like, extremely secluded out of the line of sight from everyone in the villa. So everyone sort of had a feeling that something a little shady was going on there. So then they come down. He goes down first. She comes out like five minutes later. And then when she gets down, they're like, where were you? And she's like, I was at the front door. I was literally just at the front door. I was literally just right there. What do you mean? And they're all like, you weren't on the terrace. And she's like, no, I wasn't on the terrace. I was just by the front door. Just blatantly lying, which I don't really understand at this point. Like if you're gonna kiss someone outside of your couple and you think that's fine and you think that's right which is I, I mean it's fair it would be fair to say that that was fine and right you're not in a relationship it's not cheating but like commit to that you know what I mean like if you're gonna say it's fine for me to kiss whoever I want commit to that why are you lying you know because if you're lying it seems to me like you're maybe not fully committed to that point of view so she was lying about it and being really suspect. It was very weird. And obviously everyone is catching on to that. It's not hard to see that it was just like something is wrong here. So then Ekansu goes and she sits with Gemma and Paige and is like, going to tell the girls a little bit of what's been going on. All right. She's got to get the girls in a loop. All right. Got to have a little girls chat just to get everyone up to date here. So... Eck and Sue pulls Gemma and Paige and she's like, don't tell anyone, Shh, but I just kissed Jay on the terrace. And immediately those two are like, oh shit, oh shit. And they're talking about it and they're like, okay, so you're gonna, you're into Jay now, you're gonna end things with Davide. And, you know, they're going back and forth having this little conversation. As, as they're doing that, as they're talking about this, Davide walks towards them is walking up to them and I can see like yeah I'm gonna pull him for a chat later we're gonna talk about this and they're like babes he's walking over here right now looks like that chat is happening as we speak so figure your shit out Davide pulls her they go for a chat 
And he's like, point blank, were you up on the terrace with him? Not did you kiss him, not did you do anything with him, but were you up on the terrace with him? Which I don't even understand why this is a question. It, it's fine for her to be up on the terrace with him. It's the lying that's making it so suspect and so weird. They should have just been like, yeah, we were on the terrace having a chat. We were just fucking talking. We wanted something more quiet. We just wanted to, you know, have a chat. I like the terrace. It's, it's fun up there. <laughs> fucking that's what I would have said I just like being on a balcony Jesus like what do you need to know where I am at all times it was fine for them to be on the balcony it was the lying that was weird and so Ekansu is committing to this lie that she was not on the terrace with Jay she's lying to Davide and they're having you know this back and forth where she's like well I just feel like you don't care about me you've never cared about me and I just feel like he does Mind you, they've only been in the villa in total for a week and a half. Jay has been there for like maybe 48 hours at this point. And um, so naturally things start escalating in this fight. And Ekansu ends up storming off like, I can't do this right now. I can't have this conversation with you. And Davide... Um, kicks off he starts getting really pissed and he had so many great one-liners from this fight I can't stop fucking thinking about it and my favorite part of this fight was everyone else in the villa is intensely aware at how ridiculous this is so as Davide is storming around the villa being like she's a liar and an actress and she doesn't exist to me and whatever the fuck else he was saying he was the most dramatic shit ever it was like you don't exist to me you're the fakest person I've ever met a liar and an actress and it was incredible he was going on full Oscar worthy monologues because of this. And, um, everyone in the villa is like kind of either looking around, like literally like looking at the office camera type beat or Akena was just straight up laughing at Davide. Um, it was kind of perfect. It was kind of hilarious. And so now they're like in a full blown argument because he knows that she's been on the terrace. Jay, then admits to Davide that he was on the terrace with her and everything just keeps escalating from there because it's like, why are you lying? Why are you lying to me, mate? And Ekansu's just committed to this bit. Then Ekansu decides she's going to tell the rest of the girls in the villa that her and Jay kissed. Now, this is really where things took a turn because the two girls that she told initially, they were ride or dies, okay? They were ready to keep that secret. They were ready to keep it on the low. At least for like an hour. <laughs> but then the second other people start finding out, it's game over. Girls start telling their boys. Everyone starts learning this information. I'm pretty sure Amber is the one who said it at the fire pit where she's like, no, they kissed. Like, they they said that. Like, we know. And the guys didn't know at that point that they had actually kissed up on the terrace. Anyways, eventually, word gets back to Davide. They did kiss on the terrace from then on Davide is literally like I have never cared about this woman a day in my life who is she I've never heard of her um fuck Ekansu <laughs> um Ekansu seems to be a little unsure of her decision at first or she has moments of it the next morning when they woke up Paige was like how you feeling Ekansu's like like I did the right thing it's like babe 
what the fuck are you talking about? Like you did the right thing. She's like, I want my God, I want my feelings. Like, I don't, I don't give a fuck what you go for. It's like, it's, it's the lying that was weird. I don't think that there's a problem with the fact that they were on the terrace or the fact that they kissed. It was the added weirdness of lying when everyone already knew that made things so uncomfortable. If she just committed to like, you know what? You're not giving me what I want. I want something else. So yeah, I was on the terrace with Jay and I did kiss him and I don't owe you anything because we're not in a relationship. I've known you for a week. That would be one thing. But she is like not doing that at all. (laughs) She's like actively lying, stirring up more drama, and then is like thinking, positioning her whole her whole entire argument is like, you're not putting in enough effort. I need to feel loved and cared for by you. I need to know that you really want me and care about me. Meanwhile, it's been like literally a fucking week. Less. So, so yeah. They're over. They're done. I can sue in Davide. That's pretty much off. Davide has been officially pied by Ekansu. So... <sighs> That was pretty much where we left week two. Or at the end of week two, they introduced a new girl, uh, Danica, who just entered the villa. And the end of episode 11, they are about to start the recoupling and Danica's picking first. So you know that that's going to make a lot of people angry. (laughs) Angry. Like that was, what was that? I feel like that was Scottish. Anyways... That was week two of Love Island. I'm so excited for week three because now I feel like we've kicked off. There's some good energy here. We've got some pot stirs. We've got some drama happening. We've got people that actively dislike each other in the villa, which is just what we needed. So ball is now moving. Season eight drama has commenced week three. We're going to have so much to talk about and I'm so excited about it. Um, this is the longest podcast episode of all fucking time. So I'm going to wrap this up because it's going to take me forever to edit. And yeah, be sure to follow the podcast Instagram at emotionally online pod. Be sure to check out my friends. Uh, you can find them on Instagram at Ashley Olson and at the wild flow co. They are both co-founders starting this new company, um, dedicated to helping you live a more thoughtful and present life. So if you are interested in checking them out, there is a Geneva group that you can join. That's all about accountability and, um, you know, just more on what they're working on building in the community, um, that they are building out. So I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week. Bye.